Hey y'all, welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with everybody with a bad reputation, and everybody who wants to start a fight club, Brad Reputation. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap No cap. Um, I was watching the newest uh, late night with no, what is it? Last week tonight with John Oliver, uh-huh. and I was just getting really upset with like the way that they like push a certain narrative and kind of manipulate things to make them seem like a certain way. I don't know. I just found it really like a real lack of integrity in that in that show. Wait, last week tonight was John Oliver? You're yeah. going to have to give me details because I've thought the same thing during various episodes, but I need to know what got you. They do this thing where, like, um, based on, like, his cadence and stuff, I assume what he's supposed to do is, like, like that's the part where he tells a joke, but he doesn't actually say anything funny. But then they, like, have laughter that comes out, but they completely don't show, like, the audience with, like, guns to their head that, that like, people <laughs> saying, like, if you don't laugh at this, I'm going to shoot you. And so they're just, like, trying to push this narrative that John Oliver's, like, this funny person who, like, says jokes that people laugh at. And I just think it's completely dishonest. Like, they're trying to, like, push that narrative. They're, like, manipulating everything to try and make it seem like that's happening. And I feel like I'm being gaslit. Like, it's absolutely insane. He's just saying words. And then they, like, make laughter come out of nowhere. And it's it's ridiculous. I just think it's completely dishonest. Very funny, Adrian. To see what I did there? I don't what seri- you did there. I swear to God, dude, I have never laughed at a single John Oliver joke during Wait, that show. Wait, you're talking about the thing where he puts the wrong thing in the map? When he puts the wrong oh, country highlighted in the map? I mean, Doesn't that's a classic. You? That one kind of transcends comedy. <laughs> he does have, like, he has, like, I don't think they have comedy right. I think they had comedy writers for the first episode. And they were like, we can just reuse the format of the jokes moving mm-hmm. forward. Because yeah, I don't we think- can fire those guys and we can just <laughs> take the formats ahead with us. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of his jokes are definitely mad libs of earlier jokes he's done. He really has like a type of joke. Yeah, yeah. He's got like three that he uses. Mm-hmm. Content was fine. I'd like to see an AI bot that comes up with like John Oliver video titles like... Well, it's kind of, he kind of does what we do. He kind of just says what the thing is, so. Mm. Yeah, we did. I did start by doing a rhyming thing and also writing all the titles in no caps, so everything was lowercase, but I didn't think people understood that, so I eventually just stopped doing that. And I did do a rhyming thing where I'd always try to find a way to make the title rhyme, and then I also dropped that. Yeah, famously in the pedagogy episode. <laughs> it was so hard, man. Yeah, I guess maybe for two guys who focus so much on the humor of things rhyming, maybe we shouldn't be criticizing John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, when two words sound the same? When come two things rhyme, is funny. I mean, what if on. instead of John Oliver, he had a sidekick named Bon Bolivar? Now that's comedy. <laughs> what if Don Tolliver was his, <laughs> his guest host? Why are John Oliver and Stephen Merchant not just, like, combined into one person? I mean, they're already so, cl- like, in my, in the units of my brain where I keep, like, memory stored they're Mm -hmm. basically like two or three cells apart like i'm not uh i don't know if we i don't know if we need both is what i'm saying hollywood should pick one and drop the other i don't think one of them's doing anything in hollywood is he stephen merchant yeah he has he had an hbo show hello ladies oh god yeah i know that one the terrible show but a great example of what real cringe comedy is uh but like that was what 10 years ago 12 years ago was it really i'm getting old man (laughs) yeah dude that was forever ago (laughs) oh
I don't think he's really been lighting up Hollywood on fire since then. (laughs) Okay. In the board of every Fast and Furious movie, just like, get me Merchant. And they're like, he's too busy. He's got too much on the schedule. He can't go to Dubai. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep up. We can have two lanky British dudes because I guess we need a Adrian, according to you. What celebrity do you think you would displace if you were to get on the scene? I think I would make Michael Sarah redundant. I think there's probably only room for me or Idris Elba in Hollywood. So you would be the one starring in that film where presumably he's just fighting a lion the entire time? Ooh, I haven't seen the trailers for that. Sounds interesting. Have you not? No. It's been all over Twitter because uh, apparently his daughter tried out for the role to play his daughter in the movie and she didn't get it. And she like didn't speak to him for three weeks because she was mad that he didn't like pull more strings to get her into the movie. Mm. Wow, that's uh. And Mindy Kaling was like, "Hey, come on, can we at least uh, can we at least get some POC nepotism in here?" No cap. Okay, well, we can't use any of this on pod, so let's head back into the app. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, you get open to anything crazy this week, Paul? No, I talked about it last episode. I had a lot of shows. Uh, Sleigh Bells ended up getting canceled, but I got to see Pine Grove Comedy Bang Bang, which was awesome. So good. Got to see some characters I knew, some new characters, some old characters. Conan did a special uh, appearance. I don't know what Paul's talking about. There's no other podcast. Uh, this is a this was a live show, Adrian. It wasn't a podcast. We're the one podcast. And then I got to, yeah, like I said, Sleigh Bells was canceled. And then I got to see Snail Mail as well uh, last night. So that was fun. Snail Mail killed it. Great, 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 great show. She's such a talent and puts on a great live show. Pine Grove, not so much, apparently. No, Pine Grove killed it too, but I wasn't as wowed. There wasn't the... It, it could have had to do with the venue too, who knows. Ooh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was there. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, he he put it on his story. At Pine Grove? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I guess I could see that appealing to him. They got some twang. Pine Grove also shouted out that people were... DSA was tabling at one of their New York shows and people were signing up. Which is good, because I think they used to be Sunrise Movement boys, and I think they've moved over to being DSA boys. Oh, thank God. These neo-libs. Ugh. For those of you who don't know, I'm dating somebody in Sunrise, so we're just being a little fun. We're just being, like, you know, like, a little, little bit Talking of- a little fun. A little bit of <laughs> competition, but healthy. Was Dale also at uh, Snail Mail? <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> he also posted on Instagram about how he was so sad that Sleigh Bells got cancelled again. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I think I'd just have to befriend Dale Earnhardt Jr. It seems like he knows about cool shit going on around Charlotte. Is he that type of celebrity where people recognize him, or is he in that vein of, like, no one who doesn't know specifically about racing is going to know what he looks like? I was going to say, how do you feel about, like, I I definitely don't know what he looks like, but it kind of reminded me of something else that happened in Charlotte, which was, like, Mick Jagger. He just went to a dive bar in Charlotte and then just posted, mm-hmm. like, a cheeky photo of himself in the center of a crowd, like, outside of the dive bar, being like, great night in Charlotte. And it was just, like, nobody recognized him, apparently, the whole night he mm-hmm. was there. I guess kind of a bit of a flex to be like, isn't this kind of funny? I'm Mick Jagger. No, no I've mean. gotten so old and I look like a frail old woman, <laughs> so people don't recognize me anymore. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Cool. Anything else? I told you this already, but it was cracking me up that at the snail mail concert during one of their songs where she says, like, get back up, the drunk girl behind me screamed, Woo! Get back up, bitch! And that felt so out of sync with the song's energy of being mm-hmm. kind of slower. It was really funny. And I know that's one of your pet peeves that shows, so I was thinking of you when it happened. 
I mean, I kind of talked about people singing too loudly, not ad living for the <laughs> for the artist, but to be yeah, she was also singing too loudly during a lot of songs. Mm. She was a real fan. She didn't know her lyrics. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> but it was funny how drunk she was, and she was just ruining some of the slower songs by being like a party girl energy. I do not learn lyrics very well, so sometimes I will just kind of ramble my way through <laughs> certain parts of the song. Brother, me too. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm like, Suma Luma Duma, you assuming I'm a superhuman. After that, it's just gibberish to me. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk for a second about the fact that and I don't, he hasn't, he's only ever been passive aggressive about it, so I've never really gotten a good analysis of what bothers him about it. Pierce seems either really tickled or like genuinely aggrieved by me using famously uh, as like a verbal uh, tick. <laughs> Why? Famously, we say that. Yeah, I don't know. We brought it up last night when we were at Trivia, like kind of doing the whole like, as Adrian would say, famously. And then <laughs> I think one time after uh, the Celtics lost uh, one of their games in like the uh, basketball thing or whatever, he, he was getting kind of upset after that game. And I think he kind of got like more like mockingly annoying about like me saying famously or something when we were like out to dinner afterwards. Are you being bullied? Apparently. <laughs> he got mockingly annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Adrian. <laughs> famously. I would say more like exasperated. He's more like, oh, famously. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I don't I don't know what, if that legitimately upsets him or not, or what's wrong with it. But Let's have Pierce back on. Let's chop up this new beef you have. He, sh- he does kind of deserve his own episode, I feel like, at this point. Mm. And we haven't done a guest app in a while. I cannot afford a charcuterie plate like I did last time, though. I think he's got big expectations. <laughs> also, I like how I'm just saying this on the podcast instead of just, like, asking him, but <laughs> there was no good time. Yeah, I know. I like how you accused him of passive-aggressively doing it to you while you're talking about him on a podcast that he listens to. That's <laughs> The true. most passive of the passive ways to confront someone. But not super-aggressive. Not super-aggressive. You were Mostly very just nice. passive. Um, okay, cool things that I got into. Uh, aforementioned Pierce and I and Nicole went to trivia. And we kind of just decided that we were going to do a three-person team and just try our best and see how it went. Um, but because we knew so many people that were playing, we kind of had like this like fire under our belly um and yeah we fucking won by a three-point margin too so uh really dominated uh, a full crowd of uh, people at a brewery uh in a game of wits and uh i think pierce was very elated by it and uh, i was pretty proud of myself as well mm, what was the theme no it cha- theme changes every three it changes every three questions oh uh, okay got you but the specific themes this time were being a beta how to be a cuck choosing a black man to have sex with your wife and other choices in life Drinking soy products. Drinking soy products. Yeah, how did you know? That was one of them, yeah. Uh, and then my other roundup for the week. You know, it's at, at this point in my PhD, it's not often that I learn new things or try new experiences, but I tried grafting for the first time at the uh, behest of my lab tech who wanted help. Um, so grafting Like where you combine the... two bees into one body? No, that's a chimera. That's a fusion dance. <laughs> Grafting is the process of taking a frame of eggs from the colony, using a nice little tool to pick up the eggs and put them into cups that mimic the queen cups in the, in the colony so that you can get bees to raise queens for you in mass. Um, so for some people, like that's their entire job is they raise queens like that. And so it's a very delicate process. Uh, I specifically talked about how I knew I wasn't going to be a surgeon since I was a kid because I kind of have shaky hands and I'm bad at stuff like that. But once I switched from one type of tool to another that my lab tech had, I was actually killing it. I was pretty fast at it. I did really good at placing them in. You're supposed to, like, put them in the same orientation which you found them in the cell and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was actually kind of fun. New career for Adrian? Uh, I don't know. Uh, queen breeding, that's a little rural. I'm not going to lie. Oh. It really puts you in that, like, you know, you're going to know all the farmers in town, and that's not really my scene. 
Hey, this is why Trump won because of uh, because of elites like you. There's a reason I didn't win trivia last week when the uh, categories were traditional American values, <laughs> working with your hands, honest labor. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. Hey, Adrian, you sure do have a reputation as a little fancy lad, huh? Ooh, yeah, I do. I do. I have a certain reputation. Ding, ding, ding. Adrian, I, I tricked Adrian into saying the word of the week. This week, Whoa. our theme is reputation. Yeah, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. I sort of do because I'm sad when people don't like me. <laughs> I kind of give a damn about my bad reputation. <laughs> that song would have been better as a Lonely Island type. They progress from every <laughs> chorus to like being more and more aware of their uh, how much they care about their <laughs> reputation. We sort of discussed reputations earlier when we were talking about what our vibes would be in Hollywood. Like, I have a reputation of being an Idris Elba type, and you're like mm-hmm. a Michael Sarah type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adrian, talking about that era of music, high school never ends, am I right, buddy? Tell you what. I mean, this is one of those things where it's hard to talk about because it's inherently extrinsic. So, you know, mm-hmm. the best thing we could have done is brought in people from our lives to say what our reputation is. But Yeah. Uh, what, what, what have you heard? What have you caught wind of uh, from different people? I don't, uh, I think the problem is we, neither of us were relevant enough to have a reputation, the saddest of the, mm. of the Wait, positions in to high be in in high now? school. Yeah, in high oh, school. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know we were doing a high school reputation. I thought we were just doing reputation. We are just doing reputation, but like, how would I know your reputation now? America's a big place. I don't really know your social group like that. Mm, I know your social group like that. And I'll tell you, you what. You have a reputation for being a rude dude with a tood. Oh my god, that's what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do simple thing. Do you have a reputation for being late to things or anything like that? Are you one of those friends where like people give you the start time is like 30 minutes before actually it is? It is that way you get there on time? No, the opposite. I'm the most punctual of a lot of people I know. Yeah, I kind of have that too. To the point where I started doing the like, okay, like I'll have to plan to like when I get there, text people, hey, I'm here, and hopefully, like, I'll I'll think ahead of time of, like, oh, this is where I'm gonna go when they say, oh, we're 30 minutes away, like, near that mm-hmm. place with some of my uh, friends from my first job who were habitually up to, thir- like, between 30 and an hour late to things, but I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Is that what they call it, a PPT? Programming person time? PPT? <laughs> oh, no, they were, uh, uh, they weren't programmers, they just worked at my job. Mm. Oh, okay. So it was like, you know, custodial staff and kitchen staff. <laughs> yeah, because I make friends with everybody in the office. I'm not a classist. I don't I, know either. Okay. I mean, I, I've i just like never given you a hint that that's who my friends are. So you saying that with a smile on your face like it was a joke made me feel like maybe well, you thought I'm you were just, like... I'm sorry. I'm happy today and I'm feeling good. Oh, okay. I'll change that real quick. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. I was about to also talk about nougat. <laughs> Do you know what nougat is? <laughs> it's it's one of those things that doesn't sound like a real word once you start saying it. I thought it was a nut. Maybe just because it feels like if you took out the ug part of it, it just is not. No, it's definitely not. It's something that's like processed and made like a caramel or something, but I don't know what it is. If I was on Chopped and one of the things I had to do was make a nougat, I would not, I wouldn't have no idea where to start. I think that's actually something I heard about MasterChef. Um is that part of the production is that they do like a at least quasi like thorough lesson on how to make whatever they're doing that day in case the chefs don't know. Oh, okay. Which makes sense, but I don't know how many shows actually do that. I I know for something like uh the British uh the Great British Bake Off, they do like tell you 
a big list of things that you can expect just because I think they don't want anybody to be like, well, I just don't know how to make that type of dough. Like, I just can't even start. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a show like that, when they all just help each other and then all like submit one thing at the end, isn't that what the whole point of the show is? <laughs> Is there going to be, like, you know how, like, they're like, oh, Ken Jennings fucked up Jeopardy. Like, he came in and he yeah. just played the game different and better than anybody that came before him. Is there going to be one person that comes onto the Great British Baking Show is just a real jerk but wins because they're I not mean, helping other They're sabotaging. Has anyone done that sketch yet of someone going on to Great British Baking Show and being like, I'm not here to make friends? <laughs> <laughs> that was it's a the Ted Lasso point. of cooking shows. Yeah, it's a Ted Lasso of cooking shows. Which is why shows. it's your favorite. Yep. Other reputations we have. I think, um... I kind of have the reputation of being kind of like the bad boy of Davis, you know, like we're always kind of like, oh, yeah, Adrian, like he's like a he's kind of aloof, but kind of cool, you know. Oh, that's you. I was hearing about this goddamn little menace running around Davis. <laughs> <laughs> this little stinker running around Davis. <laughs> that's made it all the way to Charlotte, but I didn't know it was you they were talking about. It doesn't sound like me, actually. I don't think that's me. Yeah, I think my reputation is just generally being like the smartest, funniest, best looking, most charismatic. Mm-hmm. Just like a lot of captain of the Quidditch like, team, captain of the Quidditch team. I uh, also won the chess championship. Gotcha. Have you ever felt like your reputation was ruined? Has there ever been a gossip in your life that you feel like was telling untruth? Oh, here's something f- funny that happened the other night about my reputation. I guess this is me going. Wow, I guess I really misread my reputation. I. I sent a snap of like when I was at the snail mail show, it was at this uh, venue in Charlotte called the neighborhood theater. And I sent a snap of the wall in the bathroom inside of one of the stalls where the uh, drywall had been punched out in two areas. Mm. And I just titled that snap. I titled that snap when your girl is being unreasonable at the snail mail show. And took a picture and sent it to Ben and Kate. And they both genuinely thought that I'd gotten into a fight with my Wait, girlfriend really? and had punched the drywall. And I was like, what is my reputation in y'all's mind? Like, <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like I've had moments like that too before, now that I like, think about it. What type of guy do you think I am that I'm punching drywall a at a guy? show? <laughs> and I was like, damn, like, what a low opinion of me. I didn't realize that this was even potentially going to be taken seriously. Yeah. Oh, damn, I feel like I can, I don't I don't think I can get it off top, but I feel like I have stories like that, too. The next morning, I opened up their, like, snap messages back to me, and they both seemed concerned, and I was like, are you guys joking? Like, like no, that was that was a joke. I, I couldn't tell if you guys were being serious, so they were like, no, yeah, we were worried about you. <laughs> That's, I don't know, at certain points, I kind of think that, that that shows on other people's ability to perceive things correctly. It yeah. is a two-way street there, yeah. If I sent it to you, right, you would know that that's just, like, not me at all, I hope. Yeah, I don't of course. Know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Paul's a well-punched guy. <laughs> it kind of made me feel bad about myself, I'm not gonna lie. I was, like, sitting there like, really? Like, <laughs> I come off as that unreasonable? That reminds me of uh, one of my old roommates. Um, I think he was going through a tough time. And so he did one of my favorite jokes from 30 Rock, which is... Uh, uh alec baldwin saying like it's something that seems like a good idea at the time but obviously isn't like going to the gym drunk which my roommate (laughs) did do (laughs) he went to the gym drunk and apparently he was upset about something it might have actually been girlfriend drama but apparently outside of the big pillar of our gyms um or of our university's gym he just punched it on his way into the gym (laughs) 
And he was like, and then I noticed that people saw me do that and got I got a lot of weird looks. So I ended up going back home. And I was like, yeah, dude, what a weird, what a weird experience that they just had seeing you do that. Other things where people have misread. I feel like I've heard that I've got a. Um, I think I told this story. Maybe I, maybe I didn't do it on pod, but I think the whole the gist of it was that someone met me, had heard of me before, and told me that I was a lot less intimidating than I thought that they thought I was going to be. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really know what who was telling you that I'm like an intimidating person. I feel like that's kind of one of my qualities is that I'm the opposite. Yeah, Adrian, he's like six five. He always stands with his arms crossed and with a frown on his face. Um, if you crack a joke, he's not going to play off of it at all. He's just going to look at you and frown. He's always he's- standing outside of Buckingham Palace, palace with those big hats <laughs> on, just completely emotionless. Yeah, he refuses to acknowledge any emotion and just speaks frankly to your face. Mm-hmm. That's Adrian for you. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to get into columns? We're 40 minutes in. Yeah, actually, this is a bit of a doozy, so let's let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so I've wanted to bring this one in for a long time. I think it's a really cool column. Um, this is Ask Kai, Advice for the Apocalypse. Um, and the answer is really long, so we're going to skip around a lot on that. But I'll go ahead and read the uh, person's bio. Kai Cheng Tom is a writer, performer, and social worker who divides her heart between Montreal and Toronto, unceded indigenous territories. She's the author of the Lambda Award-nominated novel Fierce Femmes and Notorious Liars, a dangerous trans girl's confabulous memoir, as well as the poetry collection A Place Called No Homeland. Her forthcoming book, I Hope We Choose Love, is a collection of essays about the importance of love in social justice movements. So here we go. This is Ask Kai. My ex-roommate says I'm abusive for leaving my dirty dishes in the sink. Do I owe them accountability? Non-abusive conflict can still lead to harm, but Kai says taking accountability is not the same thing as giving up your truth. So here's the question, and kind of the gist of the reputation thing is you'll see that it's kind of like a weird, almost like cancellation thing. There were some more direct like cancellation ones in this uh, column, as you might expect, Um, but um, this one I think is a little bit more fun. Dear Kai, I'm struggling with a situation that involves taking accountability. It all started when my ex-roommate told me that I had caused them harm. It's a bit complicated, but essentially we both struggle with complex PTSD, and one of my symptoms is that I struggle a lot with organization and messiness. I also have ADHD, so that obviously doesn't help. It's true that I don't always take care of my living space in the way that I want to. However, I've worked really hard to improve and also take feedback about this without getting defensive. Meanwhile, messiness is a huge trigger for my ex-roommate. The thing is, I didn't really know this when I moved in. From what I remember, I was clear when we met that I was not the neatest person, and they said they were okay with that. But my ex-roommate now says that they don't remember that conversation the same way at all. They claim that I lied and said I was very clean. My ex-roommate got really triggered one day and yelled at me because I left a bunch of dishes unwashed in the sink for a couple of weeks. I totally owned that I did it, and it wasn't acceptable. I also forgot to lock the door a few times after going out. They said that I caused them serious psychological harm that left them feeling unsafe for days, which I feel horrible about. My ex-roommate said they wanted me to get out, and honestly, I hate conflict, so I did. I found a new place to live that's way that's a way better fit. But now my ex-roommate says that they need an accountability process, and their boundaries are that I can't attend any queer events in our town that they might go to until I have made reparations. They also said that I can't see or talk to any of our mutual friends until then. But we don't live in a big city, so basically that means I can't go to any queer events at all or talk to any queer people our age. My ex-roommate says that I psychologically abused them because I started our roommate relationship with a deception that prevented them from making a decision based on informed consent. This just doesn't feel true to me at all. But when I brought up that I have a different perspective, they say I was gaslighting them. I don't know what to do. I'm scared of losing my friends and my community. I just want all of this to go away. I can take responsibility for being a bad roommate, and I want to be accountable. But I don't want to admit to something that I didn't do. 
I also feel like my own neurodiversity has been shamed and erased here. Am I an abuser? What should I do? Bothered and bewildered. Paul, you have any hot takes on this one? Adrian, did you break this in to try to, like, this feels like bait. <laughs> what do you mean? It just feels like the intersection of stuff you know is going to annoy the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going to try not to get into weird Paul territory. Oh, you know, Paul has a reputation for being weird Paul. God, you know I'm neurodivergent. That's my trigger, is when people use gaslighting and neurodivergent and these buzzwords to avoid accountability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to basically recreate every old dynamic that existed, but with a more annoying vic- vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So, what's your take on this? You've got to. You can't cede the ground to this person. They're acting insane. You need to go on the offensive and call them an abuser and a gaslighter. If you do the crime, you got to do the time. You're she right. Left dishes in the sink. You're right. She should commit seppuku. She in should front be. Of- ec- <laughs> She should be excised from her community. <laughs> in front of the entire queer community of what city was it? Of like Alberta, Canada? <laughs> Didn't say. Uh, yeah, she needs to publicly, you know those old timey things where they would put like the jester in the like box and you'd throw tomatoes at them, like you, the mm-hmm. cuffs. And, mm-hmm. and the, they need to at least do that. But then instead of that being the punishment, she also needs to be excised from the community completely afterwards. That seems an appropriate response, yeah. I mean, yeah, if if they're not going to actually execute her. By the way, abolish all prisons, but also this person should be punished to the utmost extent of the law for leaving dishes in the sink of her (laughs) neurodivergent roommate's sink. No, no, no. The person who left the dishes in the sink was neurodivergent. They're both neurodivergent, right? I thought they both had like a whole list of PTSDs and neurodivergencies, and they both have PD PhD. They both have PTSD, but they I don't think either of these people have PhDs. Adrian, uh, n- neither of them expl- or no, uh, the it was not explicitly stated that the uh, roommate who was abused uh, had any neurodivergence or anything. Oh, really? Okay. I, oh, thought- I think they just said they had trauma, is what they said. That one of their triggers is uh. Well, we're going to have to create a list for both of these people about what their victimhood statuses are before we can decide who's in the right or who's in the wrong. Do you have, like, a value system for that? Uh, Yeah, yeah. There's points involved for for each sort of thing uh, Mm -hmm, to to mm -hmm. calculate privilege. And and then a a completely completely impartial tribunal. And I mean, by completely impartial, I I, I mean, it is, like, people they know and their friends and people intimately involved in the situation. Well, yeah, you just did a Dr. Doofenshmirtz. And by completely unbiased, I mean completely biased. (laughs) (laughs) Weighs in on the situation and decides on the punishment. And it feels like this person got exactly what they wanted, which it feels like the person asking them to move out was a false threat that they like, they just wanted to be mean to her. And then when she moved out, they were like, shit, well, I still kind of want to bully them. And then they were like, okay, well, I'm going to up the ante again now that they actually like followed through with moving out. Once they saw that they were like so avoidant of conflict, they were like, what else can I do? Yeah, 100% that's what's happened. I've seen this with people before who pick fights for no reason that like... I don't want to completely throw the ex-roommate into there being like a particularly purposefully vindictive person. It it could be that... The dishes in the sink did make them feel unsafe. Yeah, um, you're right, Adrian. That they, they believe that they're doing the right thing. Uh, uh, by telling them never to talk to any of their friends. And yeah, just completely leave the queer community, which I want to make clear from what we were saying before. The whole point is that they're not in a big city. So like basically saying don't go to any queer events that I might go to basically means you can't go to any queer events in the place we live. Mm. 
any queer events that I might go to. <laughs> like, oh, man, it's so reasonable. That's what really gets me. <laughs> and by I might go to, it's like, even if I didn't RSVP, but like, maybe I'm going to change my mind 30 minutes ahead of time or something. Mm-hmm. So don't go. Like, what if I get invited last minute? I mean, how do you feel about, so there's two parts to it, right? So there is this, um, you psychologically abused me accusation. And then there's the, we're remembering the same conversation completely opposite. Like somehow, somewhere along the way, our wires got got crossed. crossed. (laughs) And I thought I said, I'm not a particularly clean roommate. And you said, that's okay. And you remember it as you specifically said that you were very clean. I mean, there's a famous saying for this, that he said, she said, or in this case, the Z said, Z said, Z said (laughs) argument. The Z said, Z said argument. Are you doing the uh, the tongue twister of the gender neutral person who's going down to buy seashells by the seashore? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's no way to solve that. Like, I mean, if, if they had an in-person conversation that there's no documentation of, like, and they both remember it differently, I don't know what to tell you. Like, at this point, that's superfluous. Legitimately, one of the most frustrating feelings when you feel like you really know that something went a certain way and someone paints it in the exact opposite light and you have no way of like proving that it wasn't that is the most frustrating feeling. Yeah, 100%. And it's also frustrating when you sort of get an inkling that you think the other person is lying on purpose Mm -hmm. to like benefit themselves in some sort of way. It'll drive you insane. It'll drive you up a fucking wall. The situation I'm thinking of specifically was that is like, Someone was reaching out to me and another person and they were like, hey, can I get this thing of equipment that you guys borrowed from me returned back? And then apparently, like, you know, we had a miscommunication. That's what I thought it was, is that we had a miscommunication about who was supposed to bring it back to that person. And that person later sent me a text saying like, all right, well, I'll do it since I have it. But like next time, let me know if you want me to do work for you. And I was like, we we agreed that you were going to do it. (laughs) Like, oh, my God, I don't know. I'm still mad about that to this day. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, this just seems like an incredibly frustrating situation, and I can see why this person feels the way they do, about how it feels a little bit weird, a little bit hopeless, a little bit frustrating, uh, and a very grand. It's a very grand situation to be in for having left dishes in the sink. Yeah. Two weeks is very unreasonable. That I is very say. unreasonable, and, and they admit to that. But they I acknowledge that, yeah. I feel like maybe if the person writing in is actually in the wrong and they know they're lying and they just know this other person is completely out of their mind and doesn't know how to handle the situation that would be a twist that's true also that is another one where i feel like it's it's this is like picking on things that i'm sensitive about as much as things that you were particularly sensitive about having to clean my roommate's dishes when i used to live with like five people in a house because she used it uh, our other roommate was like, Hey, this has been in the sink for a while. Can you, uh, can you wash it? Like this person says it's yours. And I was like, it's, you can literally see the like craft mac and cheese bits on it. Like she used it to make mac and cheese. I know she did. And she was like, she says it was you. So like, I don't know, can you clean it or whatever? And I did, cleaned it. And I sent that roommate who accused of it being my dish a text being like, Hey, just want to let you know, I cleaned your dish for you. I know it was you, but I did it anyways. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, that's so funny to be an adult and want to get out of cleaning dishes that badly that you're willing to ruin your reputation. Yeah, I don't know. As it's a like, trustworthy man. person. It's like, good job, you got out of cleaning one dish, but... <laughs> oh, and it is a reputation thing where, like, the person who was, like, mediating all this was kind of the older person in the house, and she was like, look, dude, I believe you, I know that she probably used it, but someone's gotta wash it. And I was like, you guys figure that out. 
Adrian, have you ever been accused of like one of these woke terms? Has anybody ever come at you for gaslighting or what is um, it for being toxic or for emotional for trauma dumping for trauma dumping? Um, no, I hang around generally reasonable people and also slightly older people. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make it clear that everyone in this story is totally valid. Mm-hmm. And I do want to remake my point if we're cutting out the other stuff that, once again, teenagers and kids who are just now getting out of the house, yeah. getting a hold of clinical psychological terms from TikTok and using them however they think is the correct way to use them is pretty cool. Well, I think a lot of people don't really try to learn what these words mean. They pick them up through context. Mm-hmm. And I think that really like uh, contributes to the like dilution of their meetings. So gaslighting has gone from like a very purposeful sort of manipulation to just disagreements. You're gaslighting Mm -hmm. me because you disagree with me. You're saying my reality isn't real. Yeah, yeah. So you're gaslighting me, which is obviously a disagreement is not a manipulation. Disagreements Mm -hmm. can happen in all sorts of situations. Somebody not immediately acknowledging your truth as the only universal truth is not gaslighting. Yeah. Um, But... I mean, you do see it like a cringy amount. That's one of the big ones that you just see somebody misinterpret disagreeing with gaslighting. And it's so painful to see because like, that's a word for abusers. And you just seem like, like in this situation of what we're reading here, the person is saying you're gaslighting me because you remember a conversation about cleanliness differently. Like you're Mm -hmm. accusing that person of like a very serious type of abuse so flippantly. It's like, don't you feel a little bit? Well, that's when you can be really cool and talk about how they're weaponizing language. <laughs> yeah, like they're diluting actual abuse people have been through, like actual bouts of gaslighting from abusive boyfriends by just saying anybody who, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think the other one that really uh, apparently resonated with both of us, because I really liked it, picked it up, used it, and you were like, oh, that really resonates with me, was uh, Khadija Mbowe, who's a YouTuber, uh, very clearly in her video being like, and I just want to make sure everyone knows an explanation is not an excuse, but I am going to explain why this happened or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I thought that was such a good way to like, I don't know. People will also do that where like any amount of trying to explain why something happened is like a automatic yeah. agreement. Like you're saying that it's a good thing or whatever. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that gets weaponized similarly in relationship dynamics. The idea that any amount of extra information is trying to get away with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with uh, the idea, I've, I've seen boundaries used in that sort of way, mm-hmm. where the idea is that you can set up that the other person is trying to break your boundary, even when it's almost been like, flipped around as a controlling sort of thing. So like, you can say your boundary is that you're, you've been cheated on in the past, so you're mistrustful. So you have a boundary of, if they won't let you check the, your their phone or something. They're mm-hmm. breaking your boundary because it's one of your boundaries that you need to see their texts to trust mm-hmm. them. Like this mm-hmm. weird way of making a boundary almost the opposite of one, but a way to do something egregious. Yeah, bas- yeah basically a way to like uh, overstep other people's boundaries. Yeah, it's a really weird like double. I mean, it's it's what happens, right? Because like obviously these terms aren't only learned by people who are trying to grow and learn about abusive behaviors it's also picked up by people who are going to weaponize them to be abusive but it's a like when they become that popular it's equal parts victims and abusers who learn these words it's knowing these words doesn't put anybody in the right or in the wrong yeah i mean i think that that tweet you sent me this morning really encapsulates how that becomes just like a 
never ending circle of just or a cycle of like, well, here's why this thing is ableist. Well, actually, it's ableist to say that someone does this is ableist. And then it's like, well, actually, it's ableist to claim that doing that is ableist. That tweet I sent you with somebody call it saying that it's ableist to dislike kids because kids are like disabled people, which I'm not going to even get into whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then somebody replied to them that because they're neurodivergent, they dislike kids. So it's actually ableist to make that argument. It was just the funniest argument of like, Uno, reverse. You've, you've yeah, launched yeah, yeah. my trap card. Like it was just like <laughs> both people like trying to get the upper hand by, by using language in the right combination by using this woke terminology in the right combo <laughs> and it's like yeah. what if we just left the woke terminology behind and just got into this argument like we would have in 2010 where you just call me a cunt and i call you a dumbass <laughs> is that your solution is that your solution to this problem <laughs> yeah we need to get back to nasty four-letter words yeah Adrian, we need to all be more like Hillary Clinton. We need some nasty women. <laughs> yeah, we just need to be nasty. You know what I mean? It's like people were having arguments about dishes for decades. It's, it's so funny yeah. that this is now a, the argument about dishes is now about being having PTSD and being neurodivergent. But it's also like one of those things where I really want to make it clear that like people using these things appropriately is perfectly fine and perfectly valid. But like someone is weaponizing this language to get someone who left dishes in the sink excised from their community and that's fucked up like <laughs> there's no way that person doesn't later grow up and look back on that and be like wow i was a bad person to do that like i don't know i, I don't know yeah yeah no you're right i mean it seems very obvious that the she never grows up from this and she thinks she's in the right still later on is even scarier of a thought <laughs> i mean depending on what age they are if they're yeah. living alone, that might even be more likely. But it, it is also sad that because this language is used in that sort of way where it kind of gives the accuser the moral high ground, the victim mm -hmm. in this situation or the person writing in the question is self-flagellating to like such a degree where they're like, am I wrong? Am I abusive? Like, do I need to yeah. do the work? And it's like... Yeah, the person seems like a pretty empathetic person. Just because they use the language correctly, like you are treating yourself like a monster because we've also... The people who use this language have also really internalized, like, this idea of, like, I need to do the work and grow and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, white fragility and I always need to take criticism. I can't assume any criticism is in bad faith. I need to assume that they're being honest. And You know what would be the coolest scenario about this? She gets really into Jordan Peterson because she's like, well, I gotta learn how to clean my room. <laughs> she's like, we're, we're on YouTube, can I find stuff about how to clean my room? <laughs> <laughs> and she just turns into an alt-right Nazi. <laughs> she just goes straight down that pipeline because she left some dishes in a sink. That would be the funniest way to get into Jordan Peterson is the room cleaning first, the right-wing stuff second. <laughs> I think that was kind of the point was that like in his early days, that's how he hooked the kids or whatever, you know, his seven rules for life. Well, it still started with life? a like, this is how you become a successful young man. It still was like a mm, lesson yeah, about yeah. masculinity. And then, yeah, I guess that's true. All right, well, the the answer to this is long, so are there any final thoughts you want to say before you try and dissect up this answer? No, I think we've talked about it. You don't have any actual advice for what this person should do? I mean, I would say maybe find another, well, I mean, you can't find another queer community. That's a pretty broad term. I'm sure there are people who are probably reasonable in there, though, who can hear this story uh, and uh, come to a better conclusion than maybe what her other friends would, but I don't know. My real advice? Tell your side of the story to the people in the friend group who you think are, like, reasonable and be like, hey, I don't really want this. Like, just be like, I'm not saying anything about the other person, but if, you know, don't believe it if they're saying anything super negative about me. Otherwise, I just want to, like, try to put this behind me, to interact with this person less and less. Um, 
All right, let's go to this answer. Dear B&B, I am so sorry that this happened to you. Queer conflict can be so can be so very bitter and often cuts to the bone. I want you to know that you are not alone in feeling this way. As a queer mediator, I often hear about conflicts very similar to this one. God, that must be exhausting. The language of abuse, gaslighting, and accountability, while important, also carry an enormous weight and stigma in queer culture. No one wants to be associated with those words because we fear losing our communities, perhaps even our homes and livelihoods, but we are often quick to draw upon those same words when in conflict with others. Household or roommate conflicts in particular can be a source of emotional strife because they happen by definition in the places where we live, places that above all others are meant to feel safe and secure. Roommate conflicts also bring up childhood and family of origin trauma because roommates are close to us in the way that few other people are. Like family, roommates bear witness to some of our most intimate habits and coping strategies. And like family, our roommates' behavior can have a profound impact on our day-to-day experience. Throw in the small size of any given queer community and the inevitable clash of personalities and preferences in any given household, and you have the perfect storm for conflict. I'm telling you all this to try and normalize some of your experience, B&B. Roommate relationships go sour all the time, and life can indeed go on. People have different needs and different temperaments, and capitalism doesn't provide us with the adequate and affordable housing that would allow us to change our living situations easily. While I'm not in a position to make any definitive judgments since I wasn't there, and I've only heard your side of the story... Based on the details you've given, I'm inclined to see your situation as a fairly normal roommate conflict that has been severely escalated in tone. Leaving dirty dishes in the sink and forgetting to lock the door are, by themselves, not really behaviors that reach the level of abuse, though they certainly can impact the well-being of the people who live with us. Abuse is an expanding and complex concept, and its definition varies from person to person. However, a general baseline understanding of interpersonal abuse that I use for myself is the misuse of power to cross someone else's boundaries. Not cleaning up and forgetting to lock the door might cross your roommate's boundaries, but I have a hard time seeing it as a misuse of a power. Because, as far as I know, it wasn't deliberate, and it seems to me like the power dynamic between you and your roommate is relatively equal. Now, if you were a professional caregiver for your roommate and doing these things, or if if you were intentionally not locking the door and leaving dirty dishes around in order to hurt your roommate, that would be a different story. As it is, however, the situation seems more to me like a triggering mismatch of your respective personal needs and preferences. It's it's sweet that she believes the other person, but I do think that, like, sometimes you gotta call a spade a spade. To me, it seems like her roommate definitely is weaponizing that sort of language and is, are, like, you know, accusing her in bad faith. But I guess it is empathetic and sweet to believe that they genuinely are feeling victimized. For more on the definition of abuse that I use and distinguishing it from other types of harm or conflict, I recommend Sarah Shulman's Conflict is Not Abuse. This is a controversial book due to its suggestion that community members should actively question the perspectives of those who have survived harm, and I don't agree with all of it. However, there are some important pieces of analysis on the themes of conflict, abuse, and differentiating the two in Shulman's work, particularly the first section of the book. So with all of this said, it might be time for you to do some inner work, B&B, because at the end of the day, only you and your ex-roommate really know what happened between you, and it's very possible, or even likely, that you have extremely different memories. You will have to decide for yourself, were you misusing power in some way in that situation? Were you coercing or manipulating your manipulating your roommate? Or were you just forgetting to do household maintenance in a way that might have been irresponsible and triggering for your roommate, but was ultimately an innocent mistake? How much does your experience of neurodiversity play a role in all of this? Is it possible that you have also been harmed by your roommate's actions? Your answer to these questions will ultimately determine how much and what kind of accountability you need to take. Let's see. Skip, skip, skip. Skip, skip. Okay. This is a key difference between a conflict resolution process for a normative conflict and an accountability process for addressing abuse. In conflict resolution, there is definitely room for accountability taking, but the roles are more fluid in the 
and the need of both participants are centered. In an accountability process that is focused on addressing abuse, it is generally accepted that the person who has committed abuse may have needs, but should focus on centering the needs of the person who has experienced the abuse. It can be extremely emotionally challenging to stay in the ambiguity of a conflict resolution process. Uh, so some essential boundaries to consider are how willing are you to give up friendships and community spaces? As living in a global pandemic has taught us, social connection is a fundamental element of mental health and resilience, so so much so that it is arguably a human right. Harm thrives in isolation, and I personally have a general stance against isolation as a form of community accountability. In a normative conflict, it is not acceptable for someone to try or control your access to the community to this degree. Instead of cutting yourself off from all queer contact, BNB, I wonder what else you could do to navigate the situation. Are there some relationships and or queer spaces that you're willing to give up but not others? Is there the possibility of a compromise where you and your ex-roommate agree to not interact and give each other space at community events? Could the two of you ask your mutual friends to help you to de-escalate and support both of you in feeling safe? I highly encourage you not to deal with this alone, BNB. Taking accountability is not the same thing as giving up your truth, BNB. I encourage you to hold on to your perspective, your boundaries, and your sense of dignity as you move forward. Even as you address your ex-roommate with consideration and kindness, you can take their concerns seriously without relinquishing your own sense of reality. You can apologize for the mistakes you know you've made without taking responsibility for the ones you haven't. You can be compassionate to yourself while also being compassionate to others. Conflict often feels like the end of the world, and the people we're in conflict with might act as if it is. You don't need to respond in kind. We can fight with each other and move on. We can even hurt one another and recover. No one has to lose their community over dirty dishes. There's always another way. I mean, since they can't socially isolate her as punishment, maybe they could, like, literally just send her to prison? Yeah, physically. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. All right, you want to hear my call? I would. All right, bring it in a classic, Ask Ellie. Is Ask Ellie a classic? I think I was literally just thinking of Ask L, but I don't know. She's relatively well-known. All right, all right. I'm in, I'm in. This one is a theme you come across with reputations, because there's nothing our society is more obsessed with than a woman's sex history. That definitely is a breeding ground for rumors. So let's get into it. Question. I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. My wife and I have been very happily married for seven years. We have a three-year-old daughter who gives us daily joy. We recently were out for a date night when we bumped into two other couples. We only knew one couple, who insisted we join them for dessert. We did, and I noticed that the other guy, who was from another city, kept flashing a couple of smiles at my wife. Mm. She just kept talking to the woman, who we knew well. After dinner, we all decided to walk a while to wear off the alcohol we drank before driving home. The guy soon joined my side and slowed our pace. He then lowered his voice and said, Your wife was always quite the girl. Hmm. I had no idea what he was talking about. He laughed at my blank face and said, We grew up in the same small town. He went on to say, She was so eager for action away from that place, she convinced another girl to join some guys going to Las Vegas for a long weekend. The stories from there kept us all laughing for months. Hmm. I was speechless. I caught up to my wife and went back for our car. I've tried to get the whole story from her, but my wife refuses to talk about it. She only says she was 19 then. She didn't meet me till four years later. She insists she did nothing wrong in Las Vegas and that it's none of my business. How am I I to accept that? What happens in Vegas? That's literally a phrase. Come on now. (laughs) All right, I won't interrupt you. Come on. (laughs) When I've been embarrassed by a stranger about my wife's reputation, which I had no clue about. What if our daughter ever hears that story? (laughs) <laughs> is that it yeah oh 
All right. Wait, what was the story again? He doesn't know. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you said something in that last paragraph that I missed. He okay. said, what if our wife or what if our daughter ever hears that story of what happened in Vegas? Ah, the full story that he hasn't heard yet. Okay. Yeah. Huh. This is kind of fun. I like this. <laughs> this is the kind of reputation stuff that's fun where, like, I don't know, like, uh, you and I, like, I don't know. What would, the, what would be the situation? Have herpes? Exactly. No, I was thinking more of like a, like if you were dating Izzy and then you met Izzy's friends and they were like, oh yeah, you ever hear about the fact that she's like, when she gets drunk, she's, uh, she likes to go and hop on a train and just go <laughs> to the next town over. It's like one of those things where you that find out something about your partner like that. a lot less shamey than this story feels and a lot less like- It does just... seem like this one has a little bit more of like a, yeah, it's a little bit less uh, fun, a little bit more judgmental. It seems like the friend who knew his wife is like- was trying to embarrass him some amount. And all I can think is like, isn't it more embarrassing that you and your friends thought that the stories from another person's Las Vegas trip were so funny and memorable? That makes you sound like a really boring person. <laughs> like, mm. what the exact quote was, she was so eager for action away from that place, she convinced another girl to join some guys going to Las Vegas for a long weekend. The stories from there kept us all laughing for months. Adrian, when's the last time somebody else's vacation kept you laughing for months? Um, Mr. Bean's Christmas vacation. <laughs> like, what crazy shit happened that kept them laughing for months? <laughs> like, oh, they had a foursome. Crazy. You don't, you don't think it was something like she, like, farted in the elevator? <laughs> You're right. She she got really into ventriloquism, and she's just embarrassed to let her husband know. <laughs> she has a little beaver. <laughs> she's like John Coulier. <laughs> or David Coulier? Is that who it is? I thought at first, and maybe this is like internet brain, when he, the guy was smiling at his wife, I just assumed that he, like she had done porn before or something. I did too, but that's because I've, I think I've like literally heard a porn star on a podcast talk about how yeah. that's something that happens to them a lot. Like they can't go shopping without like getting weird like smiles and knowing glances from men. Knowing and, glances or people who are like confused trying to figure out how they know her. <laughs> I think oh, that's also yeah, that that w- I think we've, li- we've, it must be a podcast we both listened to that this person went on. <laughs> I think it was Joe Rogan. <laughs> Sorry, I, I think it's uh, the Stormfront News Hour. <laughs> Breitbart Daily. The Daily from Breitbart? <laughs> <laughs> they made a competing The Daily. They even have their own <laughs> Michael Barbaro. <laughs> his name is even sillier as more like it's a michael barbara <laughs> how do you is this is this one of your boundaries paul would you not accept uh having a partner who's unwilling to tell you something about their past like this i don't think that's what he's i think he's insecure about the fact that she had crazy wild sex yeah you think that she is correct in saying that it's better if he just doesn't hear the yeah, details about this. this guy's clearly insecure enough that it's gonna drive him insane if he does yeah, yeah. Oh, but it could be one of those things where it drives him more insane thinking about what the possibilities are. She should be like, I kissed another girl. There, you heard it all. Like Katy really. Perry wrote a song about it. Come on. <laughs> the stories from their vacation had us laughing for months. That is some small town shit where somebody having like a slightly crazy sexual experience is the talk of the town. I mean, I feel like we have examples of that. From I don't know if this is okay. To, well, I don't know. It's not illegal to talk about people when we knew in high school having sex. I don't know why I was like, is that child something or <laughs> Adrian, I'm going to watch it. We're going to have to cut it out if this delves into audio child porn. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like there were 
there were stories like that, right? Where like, because we also were from a small town. So like two people having sex and something weird happening was like something that got talked about for, for years afterwards. I know, but if you saw that girl later on, can you imagine what a loser you would be to corner her husband and be like, yeah, we all used to talk about your wife. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. That is the worst kind of person. He should put on like, like a old timey fedora and a suit and he should go to her small town as a detective interviewing people the the town is like ooh, we're finally gonna get one of those serial type documentaries this town's gonna blow yeah, up yeah <laughs> they you all like... think it's for something serious like a murder like somebody's coming around asking questions <laughs> about like just the regular social stuff from a high school from like 20 years you ago you buy like an old big camera and you buy a netflix <laughs> sticker from their thing so you can just put it right on there <laughs> This town's finally going to make it big. We're getting our own making a murderer. Hey. <laughs> and of course, there's the one guy who just wants to be in it no matter what. He's like, I'll admit to anything. What do you, what do you, what do you guys want me to say? <laughs> do you think she did anal on the trip? <laughs> Dude, I bet she did a little bit. I bet she did a couple bumps of coke. Mm, off of a guy's penis. There's nothing more than how this story's told and how... Uh, prudish it seems like everybody including the friend the husband like you know they all seem to be in what sort of culture they're from that doesn't make me think that if i heard the story it would be shockingly tame to me in my mind oh yeah 100%. Have, have you ever heard something like that where somebody's trying to tell you a wild story oh actually the rehearsal with uh nathan for you like you know when angela mm-hmm. from that show is like talking about her wild life and she's like i smoke marijuana you know like what i mean like mm-hmm. and she's trying to talk about her i drank what did you drink vodka tequila <laughs> that was so funny sure, just naming alcohols oh. <laughs> right like i feel like i've heard this before especially with like sexual stories where people really think it's so crazy they've had like threesomes or foursomes and it's like i don't know that really doesn't like do much for me i'm not like ooh. you're not usually masturbating at that <laughs> and by that point in the middle of the conversation at the dinner party my dick is out and i am now masturbating because they've mentioned that they've had a foursome there is someone I know who's told me on multiple occasions the story about them having a threesome. <laughs> it just feels like a TV show. I don't know why. Just like the whole thing of like you're going to dinner with somebody and someone just starts like snickering at the and looking at your wife or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I've seen this before. Is this like when they find out that Robin was like a child uh, music star in a... I think how this is about how they find out Phoebe was... Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. Oh, Phoebe, her twin, who's a porn actress, right? I think... He should get his wife to sleep, and then he should do, like... Oh, hypnotize her. Hypnotize her. And to get her to say the truth. Yeah. I know our government mm. also, like, they did experiments with... MK Ultra. LSD. Yeah. Yeah. To see if that could get people you to know, tell the truth. This got cut out the last time we talked about it, so now we can bring it back in. He should take her... He should have <laughs> the Game Show Network reboot uh, that game show, <laughs> where you get strapped to a lie detector, and you get more money for the more uh, answers that you answer correctly, and they ask you weirdly invasive questions that usually are meant to just specifically hurt the people in your life. Mm-hmm. What was that one called? The Moment of Truth. Moment of Truth, yeah! Dude, that shit was that, was such, that shit was hot for a second. That was the era when every game show had to be, have we gone too far with how immoral this game show is? Mm-hmm. And they kind of ended with Squid Game. <laughs> put a real nice period on that era <laughs> the only part of squid game i didn't believe is that they would have to do it in private man that's where society's Ooh. headed is that a take has anybody said that yet i'm sure they have yeah damn <laughs> i don't know if anyone said this before but i thought the american actors weren't very good in that show <laughs> 
All right. Any other any advice to this man? We're, we're giving advice to the to the man, right? I already did that. He should get over it. He there's no way him knowing the truth is going to help him. Paul, good faith answers that we're really trying to help him. Yeah. Oh, uh, break up with her. Help him get the truth. We're taking it at face value. Well, yeah. what what was his exact question? Let me go back. How am I to accept that when I've been embarrassed by a stranger? I I think my initial answer goes to that. That stranger is way more embarrassing than you. The fact that he's still remembering somebody else's crazy Las Vegas trip for what he was saying, slap him with a glove and ask him to duel. Ooh. Slap him with your dueling disc and then get <laughs> ask if he's ready to duel. <laughs> What if our daughter? What if our daughter ever hears about that story? I love that fake concern. That's not gonna oh, happen. What? A, I was just about hilarious. to say, like one hundred percent. If he was gonna duel the guy, he would be like, "It's for my woman's honor." <laughs> like he's he's uh attacking the the integrity of my woman, and it's like one hundred percent for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the what if my daughter hears about it? In what situation? What, who's gonna tell your daughter? What? What? Why is he not worried about his son hearing about it? Maybe he doesn't have a son. He said he only had one kid. Man, come on, keep up. Oh, okay. I thought this was like a future daughter thing. Okay. Yeah, no, they have a three-year-old. Mm. Is this is this friend of a friend going to try to explain to your three-year-old what Las Vegas is, what the concept of, like, her her mom being younger are, what Adel is? Like, what is this situation where he's going to go, your daughter's going to learn about all this? I do like that idea that he's, like, talking to her. He's like, all right, and do you know what double <laughs> penetration is? Okay, you don't. All right, let's go through. Let's, let's back up a little bit then. <laughs> Hold on, really quick. So, um, have you ever you know stayed at a, the Bellagio? Okay, okay. Oh, how am I gonna get? You know what an RT is, right? A rusty trombone. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's go back to the beginning then. <laughs> Honey, you are just not getting this. Your daughter, not the brightest one. Let me tell you, not the brightest. All right, all right. Answer. Yeah. Consider who matters more than what. The guy's a jerk who went out of his way to wind you up. He does not matter. You'll never see him again. Never like him or respect him. So why accept his version of an event that happened long before you met and fell in love with your wife? She matters. So does your daughter and your marriage. Whatever happened in Las Vegas also does not matter. Your wife wasn't cheating on you. The two girls had a lot of laughs with some guys they knew. Given they were all small town friends who probably knew each other's parents, I bet that she has nothing to apologize to you about. Stop questioning her. Accept that the woman you love is trustworthy. Also, recognize that a worm who turn on an old neighbor and upset her husband has his own agenda, perhaps as mm. the most disliked guy from that town. Imagine how mm. you'd feel if some jealous idiot one day tried to defame your daughter and wreck her marriage. Wow, she really turned that on him in a really dope way. I know, she really, like, I like how mean she was. Not mean, but like how much she was just like, come on, Stirring, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, third saggy. Yeah, big third saggy. All right, Adrian, I'm excited about this one because I had a lot of fun doing it. I know you had a harder mm -hmm. time, so let's jump into the concept and first discuss the concept. Oh, I didn't have a harder time. I just had a less fun time doing it. Oh, okay. Oh, actually, also a harder time, yeah. I don't know why I enjoyed this so much, but it really got it got fun for me. It was like a fun little activity I was doing. Mm -hmm. This was this made my stomach ache. Okay, so the project that we were given for this one was to ruin each other's reputations. And I would like to make it clear right now, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. So we both created Reddit accounts under each other's names, full legal names, and posted comments in an attempt to ruin each other's reputation. So I was posting under your name, you were posting under my name. 
And that was the whole idea. We had some guidelines, no NSFW, uh, no using racial, ableist, misogynistic type stuff to get uh, your reputation ruined. Um, is that about it? So do you want to talk strategy going into this, Paul? Yeah, I think my strategy was to make you sound like a really weird sort of dude with just really crazy and out there opinions and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Just an absurd person because... That felt like the most fun way to go about this. Somebody, I told one of my friends about this and his comment was, well, why don't you just write the N word? And it was like, because that's not what, like, I guess that would ruin his reputation, but there's nothing funny or fun about that. Like, Well, two things. One is that was already against the rules. But two is you also have to establish yourself as white and then say the N word. (laughs) (laughs) So how'd you feel about it? My strategy was to be kind of trollish to kind of, oh, one of my strategies was really just trying to play dumb. So just really get people to start attacking me because I was being dumb, but also dumb and aggressive, which I think is one of the most frustrating combination of things. Um, and that's what really got me where I was like, I woke up, I saw that I had like nine notifications of replies and stuff. And my stomach just sank where I was like, I don't want to read all this stuff of people being mean to me because I was purposely <laughs> dumb. Like, I can't do this. So I don't know. I, I like I was trying to ruin reputation. I, like, I don't think being kooky is like a reputation ruiner. I think uh, like, you'll see. I think some of these posts you wouldn't want associated with you. Okay, well, do you want to go first then? Sure, I'll go ahead and do one. Under an Ask Reddit post titled, Men of Reddit, what kind of underwear do men prefer women to wear and why? Adrian replied, I don't care what underwear a woman wears as long as she's smart, philosophical, and good with words. But if I did have to choose, in some sort of situation where a bad guy was threatening the life of a child at gunpoint, I guess I like the lacy kind with the little bow on the front. Hopefully the woman has huge bazoongas, too. I do like the lacy kind with the bow on the front. <laughs> but you wouldn't say that it in public. Me. You'd be embarrassed. No, I think I, I would write out, besides the huge bazoongas things, I'm not a boob guy at all. But other than that, basically, I would write that comment on my real account. <laughs> not The only thing you ruined was my reputation as an ass man. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do know you hold very dear. Um, okay, so this was maybe the first notable one. I got no replies, I got no upvotes, but maybe it's uh, one that's a little bit worth a chuckle. Oh, movie details, where they show, like, you know, really cool little, like, uh, facets of movies. In Get Out 2017, the white people use Lincoln as their vehicles to bring black people to the house. And I said, and this was my angle, I'm not American, so I don't get it. Is it because Lincoln was a Republican, so he was some kind of MAGA racist? (laughs) That's kind of funny. Yeah, no, no upvotes, no comments. <laughs> no one cared about that comment. But I was, I, I do like that. That wasn't part of my idea of like fumbling and um, uh, uh what's the word? Uh, feigning uh, ignorance was just being like, I'm not American. Is this what this means? <laughs> Didn't work. Okay, so the next post Adrian made was on r slash Islam, under a post titled "What are your thoughts on Prophet Muhammad being listed as the number one most influential person in history?" According to Michael H. Hart's book, The 100, a ranking of the most influential persons in history. And Adrian replied to that post. If it ain't Time Magazine, then I don't care. I think it's great. Honestly, the only other people who could have come close are Maddie Matheson and Benny Blanco. But obviously the prophet clenches it, IMO. That's pretty true. <laughs> that I, I would write that comment. And I think I've left more comments than you, so I'm going to do another one. Yeah, yeah, that was, you were using more stuff from my actual life than I was using of the stuff from your actual life. Um, I guess you are not American. In a post on Celebrity Belly, this is the only one that gets slightly NSFW. It was a post on Celebrity Belly 
somebody posted this photo of Yumi Wait, New. Wait, can you, can you, um... titled Yumi New. Sorry, I'm, I'm just, I just want to, for, for our audience, can you explain what the subreddit is if you're going to subreddit that's not a, a subreddit that is not uh, intuitive? Oh, for uh, people, uh, it's sexualized photos of uh, celebrities' bellies. Cool. All right, yeah. I would post there. And uh, Yumi knew you might know as the person that was the cover model for Sports Illustrated. Oh, is she the one that Jordan Peterson got mad at or Ben Shapiro got mad yeah, at? Yeah, he said not beautiful. Uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson did. So you replied, I respect every other opinion Jordan Peterson has, but this babe is a dime. No cap. For real, for real. I would post that, yeah. <laughs> she looks really good at that photo. Is it? Yeah, you're kind of just saying things that I would say. Like, all this could have gone on my regular account. It is insane that Jordan Peterson picked her as the example of somebody being forced on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oh, okay. So, yeah, just just the comment? Yeah. Okay, so this is one where um, I was trying to elicit the uh, vitriol of, like, a hot dog is a sandwich type people. So I went on to r slash cooking, um, and I stole, I totally stole this from a podcast of the same name, uh, Hot Dog is a Sandwich, uh, Good Mythical Morning, shout out to them, I like their cooking channel. What is your go-to, I'm tired and don't want to cook dinner? So I was doing this with the purpose of enraging people, and it did not work. Apparently, r slash cooking is a very wholesome subreddit. <laughs> um, so what's your go-to, I'm tired and don't want to cook dinner? Some iceberg lettuce with ketchup. Thousand Island is mostly ketchup anyways, and I always have it on hand, so it's basically just a quick salad and dressing. (laughs) I got two comments. I'm dying, and lettuce on what? I've never heard of that before. Sounds weird, TBH, but I guess I would have to give it a try. (laughs) That person is so sweet. (laughs) They were just really nice people. (laughs) Okay, on a... So you have a reputation as a trendsetter on r slash cooking. On a post on r slash Mario, somebody drew a picture of dry bones, and it's really yeah, good. Yeah, dry bones. It's great art. I was, like, really impressed. And it was kind of miniature. I think it was, like, one inch by one inch. And mm. it was, like, this beautiful artwork. Oh, nice. So you thought, like, it resembled your penis? Yeah. So this is one where I accidentally got upvoted. So maybe I didn't understand the assignment because people <laughs> were not you upset about the this. I was just trying to make you sound like a dumb guy, to be honest. Mm. So my attempt to do that is you replying, dude, that's sick, exclamation point. Dude, that's sick. Y'all ever wonder who the best Mario character to blaze it with would be? I think Dry Bones would forget to corner the bull, but would have a great stories. That's pretty good. The person who drew it replied, lol, never thought about it until now. He would definitely have some great stories, like how one even becomes a Dry Bones. Mm. All right. And how outvoted was that one? Uh, Seven upvotes. Okay, so this might be the one where I got the most uh, actual heat from it. Uh, this is at minus 14 upvotes. Or, uh, yeah, so downvoted minus 14. Um, okay, so it's a picture of a bunch of journals just, like, on a carpet. And this is mildly interesting. This is, my wife has diligently kept a journal every day since 2000. And I commented, a journal every day since 2000? There's only, like, 45 journals here. How does that make sense? OP is just karma farming. <laughs> You're right, with, that is a very annoying <laughs> dumb guy thing to say. With that. the obvious thing being that he thinks that she made a journal every single day. <laughs> and so this was the response from uh, the OP. Uh, so actually, there's a bit of a thread. There's like four comments on this. So this is from the OP. I guess I'll break it down for your peanut brain to comprehend. Uh, oh, no, one, oh, I guess a peanut it's, brain. 
I forgot that this was his wife, too. So he's like, my wife, I got to defend her. <laughs> I guess I'll break it down for your peanut brain to comprehend. She's written a page or two in a journal every day since February 2000. Each journal has a varying amount of pages so they can last anywhere from a few months to a year. Three, I had no intention of this being a ploy for karma. Just wanted to recognize something my wife does that I really admire. Which, by the way, I knew the karma farming thing was going to be a thing that Redditors were going to take umbrage with. So <laughs> that, that was so kind of my funny. trump card on this I one. feel bad for this guy. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. So number four. Number four. Egos are like this. <laughs> number four. Go, and I cannot stress this enough, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. He thinks uh, I'm such a bastard. So there was a comment right after that that said, it's minus six uh, down votes. Have you heard about jokes? So someone clearly was like, clearly this person's joking. Um, and then with five upvotes, if this is a whoosh moment, then I guess I fell face first into it. And then there's another one. This is someone who I, I haven't actually seen this one yet. Um, I have written every day since Valentine's Day of 2000. So it has taken me 22.5 years of writing to fill 45 journals. Not that hard to grasp. I like to write. <laughs> So that that was that one. I like <laughs> that, that was, man. Yeah. That was really funny how aggro you got that guy to be. <laughs> <laughs> he was making listed points, man. He's coming for me. Okay, in the weekend discussion thread for r slash Wall Street bets, Adrian posted, I'm in a bit of a dicey situation with the wifey. My bookie who has recently started- Dicey start with the wifey? My bookie who has recently hey, started giving out loans for big trades when they're a sure thing, so not risky at all, took my two-year-old as collateral. Well, I lost 130k last night, and now I don't know how to tell the wifey. Don't worry, the bookie's actually really nice, and I'm sure he's taking great care of my son, but obviously I need to get my- <laughs> but obviously I need to get him back. Any tips on how to turn around and make big gains with my last 13k? Please only reply with stocks that can't lose. Uh, so this one got some replies. By the way, it was upvoted, it got about seven upvotes. Nice. One okay. person replied, hope you're joking. And another person replied with the stock ticker SPY. So let me see if I actually like if that's gone up <laughs> since mm. then. Would I have gotten my son back? And if I had invested, I would have only lost money <laughs> in SPY. Makes sense. So I'm Makes glad sense. I didn't take that guy's advice. And then I posted on ex-Mormon. So this person on Ex Mormon, they posted saying, serious question, would it be possible for a god from one planet to conquer a different planet slash galaxy? In one of those million different planets with different gods, one in particular is very successful and manages to travel to different galaxies and fight against other deities, conquering their planet and being the new god. Could a god from another planet conquer this one and beat Jesus? This is a serious question, and I would love to hear rational arguments on why this wouldn't be possible within Mormon theology. Mm, that's a cool question you replied i'd already established you as a devout muslim so i had to incorporate that into my answer on of course. Um, so your reply you said i'm working on a theory for why this has already happened it's my synthesis of mormonism my old religion and islam my current religion i believe muhammad may be from the planet Goliath 581c i'll keep this sub posted as i discover more in my research one person replied angrily, Okay, I'm dying to know. You left Mormonism to join Islam? What exactly makes you leave Mormonism that didn't also that you didn't also find over there? And OP replied, Interesting. Thanks for sharing. Are you assuming Muhammad is from Glyph 581C? Because as far as we know, there isn't an educational system in place in the entire planet, and as we all know, Muhammad was illiterate? 
So I replied to him, quote, quoting that part, as far as we know, there isn't an educational system on place in the entire planet. And I replied, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Mm. Which I was really hoping that would trigger them, <laughs> because it is such a dumb argument, yeah, yeah. but it, they That's didn't fall for it. That's such an atheist thing. Yeah. I, I like that they managed to fit in a little bit of Islamophobia into their answer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I actually have four, because I'm going to double up on some earlier ones that didn't work. Um, let's see. So this one is... Okay, this was really one of my big strategies that I thought was going to pay off, because it's worked for me in the past without me trying to be mean. <laughs> so I went to r slash tattoos... And I mean, someone pointed this out the other day, like the premise is inherently flawed. It's people who got tattoos that are permanent coming onto a sub and saying, what do you guys think? And any criticism is obviously going to be like not taken very well because it's already done. Yeah. And there's a different subreddit for like tattoo design ideas. So like this subreddit specifically at bands, like I'm thinking of getting this tattoo. Can you guys give me critiques? It's I got the tattoo. Here's what it looks like. Um, so in my other in my actual account, I've uh, I got some smoke from some other people because I pointed out that. A person's tattoo was bumblebees on honeycomb, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like their nest structure looks completely different. <laughs> and uh, rather, rather predictably, people were like, hey, it's art, man. Fuck off or whatever. Um, and I was like, fair enough. Uh, so this is a head tattoo. It's the guy kind of has like a shaved side head. And then it's a snake head on his head. And I got no response to this, no upvotes, no downvotes. I just said, you should have left space on the snake's head for him to also have a head tattoo and so on and so forth. <laughs> So my next foray, and actually, uh, I got uh, asked this last night by uh, Pierce. He was like, who is this Andrew Tate fellow? And why are people so obsessed with him? And that's why when I saw this Saturday night, cringe picks, Andrew Tate, I was like, okay, I can get some I can get some mileage out of this one. So this is uh, just a picture based cringe subreddit. This is a guy saying, read it for yourself or have a literate friend help you go fund me for his uh child's sdr surgery fund andrew tate responds do you feel like a failure a failure that the amount you need to help your own son is less than a quarter than i spend on one of my five cars i will help you if you ask it's nothing to me your comic books have failed but i am a success ask nicely and i'll save your son so apparently a guy asking for money on gofundme and andrew tate decides to be an ass of the guy i don't know like what kind of comics he makes but apparently it, it pisses off andrew um, and so I put a little comment here from Paul saying, I mean, it's a small ask to literally save your son. I would do it. <laughs> that would piss off a lot of people. I love that. Downvoted 32 times. Um, let's see. We got a response saying because he wouldn't do it. We got a response saying grovel before me peasant. So I may consider saving your son's life with a meager penance. We got a response saying, why has he got to be such a fucking douchebag about it? And then we got a response from someone agreeing with me saying, me too. I don't see why everyone's flipping out. I don't see anything. I don't see anyone else offering to help. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love it. And then a response to that saying, he's not offering to help. He's mocking a sick child's father to stroke his own ego. Okay, Adrian, here's one of my uh, favorite ones that got upvoted. It got a hundred upvotes. And it was on a post for r slash Dallas titled Russian mm. Banya of Dallas. Yes, it's open again. Is having a naked day on Wednesday. And in the post, it goes on to explain what the admission fees are, what dates they're opening up for their nudist days, and uh, what days are family-friendly nudist days for nudist families. So no sexual stuff. Mm. 
And you had the top reply on this post, Adrian. Congrats. Hey, that's good for my reputation. You replied, this sounds awesome. Do you think for a family-friendly event, racy tattoos would be a problem? Specifically, I have a tat of Mario performing oral on Princess Peach on my ass. Some of the replies were, peak Reddit, uh, multiple attempts to get you to post a photo of your tattoo. Uh, Somebody Mm -hmm. saying, I love this thread. Somebody recommending a bandage to cover up your Mario and Princess Peach tattoo. That's good advice. And Wait, did they think it was like a centimeter by a centimeter? <laughs> and somebody saying, maybe the best fucking comment I've ever read on Reddit. So you kind of bumped up my reputation by a good bit on that one. Then there was another post on this. So this is just in reply to the Russian Banya opening back up. And they said, I'm not at all faced by the nudism aspect, but I'm curious as to the company's slash owner's political stance regarding the war in Ukraine. And you replied, Adrian. Mm. I'm also curious what the owner's stance is on public transportation versus car culture. I'm tired of the bike lanes in Dallas. Who's with me? Let's email the owner till we get an answer, guys. Mm. And they they replied angry that you were defending Russia. Wait, how is that defending Russia? Presumably they understood that my tone was purposefully silly and mocking. Hmm. <laughs> I don't like that. They misunderstood me. I misunderstood. Um, this is a little ditty where I went to ask Reddit, which I thought was in really easy, um, you know, if you can go sort by new, you can find one at an early stage, get a lot of upvotes. Apparently this one didn't get upvoted, so it didn't really help very much to me. But, uh, it is, what is the strongest animal, non-venomous, that you think you could beat in hand-to-hand fight? And I said, it's as Paul. Paul said, actually, not me. Probably a grizzly bear. I know that seems ridiculous, but I've been doing BJJ for about a decade now, and I'm pretty sure I could get the bear in a good lock after a little grappling, and then perform a choke to finish the dude off. If I can't avoid the, if I can avoid the claws in the initial exchange, I think I could get it done. What I love about that is not only did you make me sound like a moron, you also used my sensibilities, which are to just always claim the like highest level of expertise when asked any question. <laughs> And so that got one upvote and one guy who said, hell yeah, my guy, you beat that bear's ass. <laughs> you made me look good on that one. <laughs> yeah, you made me seem like a cool dude. <laughs> um, That's one of those things where I like how my, my, our lab mate, or my lab mate, I don't know why I said our, my lab mate Marshall is like, we're so on the same page with a lot of like internet as well as like political stuff where for some reason we're, it, we brought up the idea of like someone fighting a deer. I think my new lab tech brought it up and I was like, do you guys know those charts of like, where they ask people from the U.S. and the U.K. whether or not they, they think they could take a certain animal in a hand-to-hand fight. And in the U.K., it's like 0% think they can beat a grizzly bear, but like 7% of the U.S. is like, yeah, I could take a grizzly bear. And it's like that for every single animal. Like, the U.S. has a huge, like, way bigger population that's like, yeah, I could fuck up a goose. Uh, somebody asked on r slash parenting how to ask my mother-in-law to remove photos of my babies from her social media. And you replied... Mm. If you patent your kids' faces, then you can send DMCA notices to Facebook to remove the photos. Mm. That one didn't get any replies. Neither did this next one. That one's pretty funny, though. This one is on uh, life hacks. This person's basically their life hack was when you're on vacation to not waste money is to get a car for a test drive for a few days so that you don't have to pay for a car to rent on vacation. Wait, that's actually super smart. Is that a thing you can do? Well, that's what everybody was talking about in the thread. That's not a concept. You can't <laughs> you can't just ask a dealership to test a car for multiple days. 
Mm-hmm. They don't just give you cars. But your reply was, also, tell a realtor you're looking to buy but only have time to tour the house at an odd hour. They will often give you the key to do a self-guided tour. Bam, free place to stay and save money on a hotel and Airbnb. That's smart. <laughs> I would I would post that. That got three upvotes, so people... That's uh, not bad. Somebody's going to try that based on me making a mockingly stupid suggestion. <laughs> Can I check out this house at like 11 p.m. on a Friday? <laughs> but I'm like, okay, just take the key. You look trustworthy. <laughs> take the key. And here's the dough for the cookies that you need to put in the oven an hour before you get there so it smells like cookies when you get there. <laughs> okay, on r slash nostalgia, somebody posted the old MSN webpage from 1999. Mm. And so it's like this old HTML page that looks all vintage and people are like, oh, yeah, that's when the web when the internet was cool blah 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 most mm-hmm, of the comments mm-hmm. then you replied "Ugh, i miss this so much it would take a full 20 minutes for that page to load while it did i could watch dave chappelle's hbo special listen to r kelly watch a kevin spacey film produced by harvey weinstein read the art of the deal and hang out with my bff casey anthony back when things were good that's pretty funny i like that one <laughs> Nobody fell for it. I would that. say that. It got upvoted. Oh, yeah. It got three upvotes. I don't know if the Casey Anthony thing didn't tip people off, but <laughs> You thought that was what tipped people off at the end was Um okay, so this is I kinda went for my last comment. I wanted to do kind of what you would consider to be like the nuclear option. I was like, okay, what can I do to ruin Paul's reputation? And there was only one place to go. This is R slash Kanye. So there is a post where it's one of those corny things where at a Phil's Coffee, they have a picture with Kanye's uh, picture on it. They have a picture with Pete Davidson's uh, picture on it and a little sign that says, who was worse for Kim K? Put your tip dollars into that jar. And surprisingly, the Kanye fan base is not super vitriolic. Like I got no heat, no comments, nothing from this one. I just said, Obviously, Kanye. Pete is annoying, yeah, but Kanye is acting like a kook these days. Dude has really fallen off, both as a person and musically. Sad to watch that decline over the years. I'd throw a 20 in the yay cup if I had it on me. How am I going to show my face at the Kanye conventions now? Mm-hmm. That was, that, that was, that was, my, uh, that was my last ploy, and it did not work. <laughs> on a post on r slash gun deals where somebody listed a bunch of different guns and the price you could buy them at... Uh, having established already that you are a Muslim, I commented on that post, Allah willing, the price will come down on the XPS3. <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs> Allah willing. <laughs> I was hoping somebody would yell at me, but nobody yelled at me, but I got a DM. This one got me a DM. Really? Oh, from, okay, nice. From somebody called Fed Boy. And I was like, oh, this Fed is going to be a joke. It wasn't. He was actually offering me his gun for a reduced price. He had that gun. <laughs> Yo, that's cool. That's so funny. I looked through his old post. He exclusively posts trying to trade, sell, and buy guns. He legitimately, like, I was like, oh, fed boy. Like, it's going to be a joke about how I'm going to Guantanamo or something. Yeah. Damn. Do you have anything else? Uh, Yeah, I have a couple more. On r slash conservative, somebody posted, Wisconsin schools vote to ban pride BLM flags from classrooms. So the top comment on that post was American flags is the only flag that needs to be flying in any classroom in America. Hey. And you replied, Adrian replied, I think there should be an exception for geography classes because they have to teach the flags, but maybe they could burn them all at the end of the semester. 
or encourage children to mock the other nation's flags by spitting and stepping on them? I'm not 100% sure, just blue sky thinking. That's pretty funny. I like that. I would say that. On Ask Reddit, somebody posted, if you found out your so was participating in gangbangs during their high school college years, would you? how would you react and feel? And Adrian replied, hey, they better start calling her the time traveler's wife because y'all know your boy gonna pop back to clap some cheeks from before she became a cold prude. <laughs> I would pose that. Uh, somebody posted top level comments are genie's wishes. Replies are the monkey's paws for that wish. What do you wish for? Mm -hmm. And one of the wishes was, I wish I get the job I'm interviewing for tomorrow. And you replied, your boss actually extracts most of the value for your labor in the form of profits for the capitalist class. Wait, I would post that. And then that person said, what you're describing is employment. And you replied, scary stuff. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I, this is all stuff I would... I think you did a very bad job of ruining my reputation, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> One person asked on Ask Reddit, how excessive is it to masturbate for 15 hours a week? And you replied, don't listen to the haters. Most of these fools work for 40 hours a week and think it's completely normal. <laughs> and then on a post titled, what's your opinion of Dr. Phil? You replied, I didn't know he was a doctor. Boy got bars, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, so final assessments on this. How do you think we did? Who do you think did a better job? Who do you think really stuck to the assignment of ruining each other's reputation? I guess I took ruining somebody's reputation as making you sound like an imbecile. You took it as making me sound like a bigot. I know, I was just imbecile, just an idiot. I don't know. You just made me sound like, I don't know. I was dumb in a mean way. I made you dumb in a playful way. I don't think you ruined my reputation, though. I think the fact that I kind of agree with 90% of what you said... <laughs> If not more. I don't know. You would really, if somebody said something about getting a job, you'd be annoying enough to be like, actually, capital, like, you wouldn't. Actually, labor theory of value. <laughs> you wouldn't say anything that annoying. Come on, Adrian. I don't know. You wouldn't say that. I would shit. post it on Reddit. Adrian, come on. I don't know. I think I did a better job at this assignment somehow. I don't know. Mm, I disagree. Oh, the one thing that I wanted to do, but I didn't feel like really handling was... I was looking through the tattoo subreddit and there was a guy who was clearly white with like a pelican. It was a really cool like pelican tattoo and the pelican has like a sushi, like a nigiri in its mouth. And I wanted to post me like, hey, white guy to white guy, man. I don't know if we should be getting sushi in our tattoos. Like, I think <laughs> it's really our job to like police each other because it's this is an uncomfortable conversation for people of color to have with us. But come on, man. You know better. what would have made you feel worse than anything if that guy wasn't mean to you, but was nice and was like, you know what? Wow. I'm going to get this covered yeah, up get as this soon covered as possible. Up. Wouldn't you feel really bad? <laughs> oh, I'd feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, that was one where I was like, I don't really want to like get into this thing. I you might like, yeah, actually, okay. there's too many well-intentioned people out there. You might actually hurt somebody's like a genuine just that kind of like. basically goes back feelings. to Article 1. Yeah. yeah, that basically goes back to Article 1 from the day. All right, cool. Any uh, any lessons from this or earlier columns? Yeah. For, for talking about reputation, uh, let me do a big fact for you here. I'm shocked we didn't right. talk more about the haters, but I want to make it clear. Fuck the haters. Ooh, yeah. Fuck the haters, bruh. And I'm going to say this. I don't know if I made this clear yet. I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Oh, let's go into the song. Quick, 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 quick. Well, it's still on their mind. Go. Bye, Adrian. <laughs> what? I didn't get to do my no cap. Oh, I thought that was your no cap. No, I just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> my no cap is... Uh... <laughs> Please make it. I don't give a damn about <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. My no cap is I made it clear before. I really want to hit it in stone right now. I don't give a damn about the bad vegetation.